Good evening, guys, and welcome back to the RS Weekly Podcast with me, Reese, And me, Sam. This podcast comes to you sponsored by sixmedia.co.uk, our friend Gareth Morgan over at Six Media. If you need any banners, anything to help spruce up your business, or any general business needs, give him a call. So, predictor. Yep. Uh... We've got from tonight's games... Up to Friday night. Yeah, if, so, anyone, if anyone asks us about the Chelsea game, we won't, we've already missed that one due to reasons. But we, uh, we've, uh, we're going to forget that one because we didn't get our prediction in time for that one. But we'll go on about the uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Uh, is there a Thursday night game? Well, we're starting from Wednesday. Oh, of course, yeah, it's Wednesday, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We're starting from Wednesday. So we're going through Wednesday night. There's four fixtures. Thursday night there's also four and the last game we're going to predict is West Ham versus Watford on Friday night. Yeah. Uh, shall we get into it? Yeah, also there's no Adam with us tonight. Yeah, just, so um, just... we ain't got no Adam tonight so it's just me and Sam. Uh, Adam's got other commitments. Yeah, so... Unfortunately, it'd be nice to have him on like but yeah. uh, he's got other commitments unfortunately. Yeah, so um, are you ready to go? Yeah, born ready mate. Cool. Right, first game... Well, today, six o'clock kickoff, Burnley versus Wolves. What are you saying for the predictor? Um, I said two nil Burnley is what I've gone with. Yeah, two nil Burnley. Uh, Adam went with two one Wolves. Oh no, sorry, you went two nil Wolves, didn't you? Yeah. Um, Adam said two one Wolves. I said one one draw. Um. Burnley usually fairly strong at home, um, even in front of no fans. Draw against Liverpool last time out. You know what exactly what you're going to get from a Burnley team that's well organised, well drilled. Um, they won't give Wolves anything for free. Um, if Wolves are going to go and get a win, they're going to have to work very hard for it, the same as everybody else does against Burnley. Uh, that's why I've gone for a 1-1 draw. I can see they've been goals though. Yeah, I mean, Turf Moor is a hard place with fans. It's a hard place to go. Uh, but without fans, it's a different story, different kettle of fish. And that's why I've gone with 2 0 Wolves. Mm. Adam went, what did that, oh, Adam said 2 1. Adam said 2 1 Wolves. Um, I can see why you've gone for a Wolves away win with them being uh, in good form. I do think that Burnley, they usually spring up a surprise here and there. Um, so, yeah, I can see both sides, really. Um, Moving on to the next six o'clock kickoff, Manchester City versus Bournemouth. Well, I don't know about you, but I can only see this going one way. Yeah, I mean, I've gone with the biggest one again. I've gone five nil. I mean, if City turn up, mate, City will walk all over Bournemouth. I've said it in the last podcast. I said in the podcast previously before that one. If City turn up, they will walk over anybody. Simple as, and that's why I've gone for five nil. Yeah, Adam went 4-1, you said 5-0, I've gone 4-0. Just because I don't see Bournemouth being capable. I know they had a good win against Leicester, but Leicester did have a man sent off before they'd scored a couple of goals. I'd like to think that City have got enough to beat them. Um, And I wonder whether them having the ban overturned for the European ban, I wonder if that's going to give them a bit of a lift. Take yeah. the shackles off a little bit, maybe. I don't know. Um, I can only speculate, I guess. But, 
I'd imagine that that'll play a part, you know, a little bit more freedom. They're not they're not uh, worrying about that anymore. No, definitely not, mate. Um, yeah, I can see goals in this game though. Definitely. I think I think there's a weight off Pep Guardiola's shoulders as well. That transfer, that yeah, Europa League ban, which happened. Um, maybe you'd look well. I'll just be interested to see in the summer, really, what happens with City, obviously, with them not having a European ban now. It just kind of, it totally depends, really. Um, I know that uh, FIFA said they're going to relax the FFP, so you'd imagine that City are going to go into the market for somebody, probably a couple of top players, um, probably a new centre-half, which is what they need, really. Uh, so, yeah, I can see there being goals in that game. Yeah, I think... Like you just said, I think City need a new centre half. They do. Um, they can't just rely on the party um, no. all season. I think getting rid of company was a big, big blow to City as well, especially leaving in the changing rooms. Maybe I think maybe what affected them more is the fact that yeah, I think you can understand company's been there a long time. He's been there like ten years plus. You can understand why he's gone, but they didn't replace him, and that's the problem. It's not the fact they let him go, it's the fact that they let him go and didn't replace him with anybody. And City have suffered for that all season. When they really needed a leader to pull the group together, they haven't had it. And I know Fernandinho is a good player, but you can't really... I wouldn't put the blame on his shoulders. He's not... He's more of a centre-defensive mid, mate. I've yeah, he's not. He's, he plays he's not better in midfield. Yeah, 100%. He does play better in midfield. Um... Should we move on? Yeah. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah. So, Newcastle Tottenham, just definitively, before we move on. Adam said 1-0 Tottenham. You said 2-1 to Newcastle, and I said 1-0 Tottenham. So, we'll see how that goes. Um, Arsenal-Liverpool. Discuss. Adam said 3-1 Liverpool. You said 2-2, and I said 2-1 Liverpool. Yeah, discuss. The thing is, mate, it depends what Liverpool team turn up. It really does. Because this game could go either way. This could, it could be a fascinating game with both teams going for it. Or it could be Liverpool turning up and absolutely walking all over Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal, fair play to them. I thought they played really well on Sunday against Tottenham. Barring the defensive part, I thought it looked very good. Arsenal's biggest problem is defensive duties. That's their biggest problem. And I've said, I've said this since day one, mate. It's a problem that's been letting them down for 10, 15 years. It's nothing new. They never seem to address anything. So you can only assume that until um, until they do try sort the defensive problem out, they will continue to suffer the same issues, which they have done for 10 years plus. Yeah. Um, it never seems to get sorted at Arsenal, and that's what would worry me. If you're paying that much money for a season ticket Arsenal, I think you've got a right to expect a little bit better than what you're getting. Um, yeah, Arsenal is a sinking ship of a football club to me. They've been ran into the ground. Um, I think Liverpool, if they turn up, I think they'll batter Arsenal, yeah, to be honest. Liverpool, Arsenal can't deal with them. With them defensive problems, there's no way they can deal with that attack. Um, so, yeah, well, I guess we'll see how that one plays out, really. Yeah. I think there'll be goals though. I think Liverpool are probably too good to not score, especially against that leaky defence because they are terrible. Yeah, it depends what te- it depends what team our tire puts out, mate. I don't think you can play three at the back against a Liverpool side that have got ridiculous pace going forward. No, probably not. 
Um, moving on to Thursday's games. The first one being Everton versus Aston Villa. Adam went for 1-1 in this game. You said 2-0 Everton and I said 0-0 draw. Um, just from my point of view, I think both teams are just bang average. Like Everton, they've had a pick-up in form since Ancelotti come in, but I think they've started to falter a bit recently. I think what Everton need is the summer break or the, the off-season to try and work out what players are going to stay who's going to go and who they can buy because Ancelotti will go into the market like the guy likes to spend money and he spends it pretty well Everton will, they'll give Everton the money He'll, the Everton owners will give him the money though well they will I mean Everton the new owners have turned out to be very very generous with the cash which is a great thing for that football club because yeah. I think they're actually bigger than people give them credit for yeah, yeah, they Everton are. they're a big I mean you know they, they won titles in the 80s and I think people forget that because of what Liverpool have done um, but I do, uh, I do believe that Everton, they they will be back up there before long. I think if the investment carries on from these owners, if they can carry the investment on and and he gives Ancelotti time and patience to build a squad, Ancelotti will do well. He's he's got a track record of it, mate. You know, um, it's uh, he's definitely got it in his locker to pull it out. Aston Villa, on the other hand, they need points, but I just don't, I don't see them being good enough to uh, get a result at Everton. Everton's a tough place to go with or without fans. It doesn't matter particularly that much, in my opinion. I think Aston Villa were a pretty poor team, really. I think Aston Villa defensively recently have picked up, but it's the fact that they can't score enough goals. They don't score enough. You know, Wesley, unfortunately for him, he's been out since the start of the season because he did his knee in. And he was out as soon as he got diagnosed. He was out for the rest of the season. Yeah. So... You know, they've been fighting a losing battle, really, and I don't think he's the best player they could have gone for with 15, 20 million quid in your pocket. No. I think you could have gone for someone different. But they did get a win out last time against Crystal Palace. I guess time will tell, really, to see what Aston Villa are going to do. I don't see them being good enough to go to Everton and get a win, though. I could be wrong, but I just don't think they're that good. It's a tough place to go to Everton, mate. Like you just said, it's a tough place without fans or with fans. Yeah, you're never going to get an easy game at Everton, especially not with the crowd, be with the crowd against you as well, because they do. I mean, with them being so close to the pitch at Goodison Park, you'll know if they're on your case. You know, it's not easy. I know United, Man United, over the last five to ten years have struggled going to Goodison Park because it's the atmosphere. It, it, you know, it can get to some players. It shouldn't, but it can. It's a good ground. It is, it is a good ground. It'll be a shame when it'd be nice for Everton to get a new ground. But I think there'll be a hell of a lot of memories that are missed at Goodison Park. Yeah. It's a really good, proper British football ground. Um, yeah, we've as we say, guys, that they're the predictor results that we've gone for Everton Villa. Um, yeah, I've got a feeling you or Adam are going to take a point for that one. Yeah. Rather than nil nil draw, but we shall wait and see. Never know, mate. Um, Leicester versus Sheffield United. Now Adam went for two two draw. You went for a one one draw, and I went two one Leicester. Discuss. It's tough this, mate. I mean, it's two teams that are fighting for Europa League spots. Um, Leicester coming off with a horrendous result against Bournemouth. Sheffield United coming off the back of a result. Yeah, horrendous being the is, right word. Yeah. Um, and Sheffield United coming off a result winning 3-0 over Chelsea. Um, mm. I just think this is going to be a game where it's either going to be sit back and counter-attack for both teams or it's going to be, all right, then, let's go for it. Let, let's see what we're made of. But, I don't know, mate. I, I can't see there being many goals. 
Because I think both teams are going to defend, but Leicester are going to miss Sancho massively. Yeah, they are. I think, you know, it goes without saying, and it might sound a bit of a silly statement, but because Leicester are going to start the team with 11 men, whether they're playing with Soyuncu or not, I still think that they've got enough to beat Sheffield United. Although it's not going to be easy. I just think that Leicester, they the due, due a couple of big results, really, because yeah. they've not been great since since we, football be, uh, you know resumed after the lockdown. They've not been great, really. And I think that they're due a couple of big results. I mean, the last game of the season against Man United at home could be massive for Leicester. That could determine whether they play Champions League football or not next year. So, yeah, that could be huge. I think that game will be the, I think that game will be, will be the decider. Who, well, get, who gets the Champions League spot between Leicester and Man United. Well, especially with what's happened with Manchester City, we now know that fifth place is not going to get Champions League. No. So, although, to be honest, Man United could still get in the Champions League if we win the Europa League, but I'd like to think that we'll finish fourth and win it, if, you, if I'm going to be an optimist. You know, I'd like to think that we'll finish third or fourth and we'll, we'll win the Europa League, because we are one of the strongest teams in it, that's left in it. Um, no, it's not going to be easy. I just think that we've got enough. Um, but then again, I also think Leicester have got enough, so I guess... Time will tell with that one, but get, we haven't got that many games left now. There's only two or three games left. In fact, it'll be two after two tomorrow after night's tomorrow, game. Yeah. So it's all to play for, really. Yeah, all to play for. I mean, we've got um, weekends games, and then we've got um, the Sunday that finishes it all off. Yeah, um, which I'm not looking forward to because it's also against Liverpool. Yeah, so as literally just to quickly run over the Leicester Sheffield United scores again Adam went 2-2 two, two, you went 1-1 one, one, and I went 2-1 yep um moving on to the next one tomorrow night Crystal Palace versus Manchester United Adam's gone for a 3-0 away win for Man United you've gone for a 2-0 win United and I've gone for a 2-1 United win discuss uh i think United are going to be too strong for Palace Especially with Bruno, uh, Paul, Rashford, Man, uh, Mason Greenwood, Marshall. I, I just think United are going to be too strong for him. I think if you'd have asked me three months ago, I wouldn't have been very confident because obviously we know what Palace is like with the atmosphere, yeah, um, and the you know the way that they play football because they do they do play all right stuff. I know they get a they get a few pelters from people because they don't score a lot of goals, but they're not a bad footballing team. It's just they don't score enough. Um, I'd like to think United have got enough to go there and win. It was a disappointing draw at home to Southampton when we should have won the game. Really, I know Southampton did play well in patches, but we should really be winning them types of games because that could have put us third yesterday. Um, and I just think that United are due another result, really. Well, we need to, because we can't afford to... If Leicester win, and Chelsea obviously won last night, we need to win now. It's it's, it's non-negotiable. We need to win the game. Because if we draw, we've got too much to make up. Yeah, especially against Leicester as well, last game of the season. Mate. I think that Pogba, Pogba needs a big game tomorrow night, because he was pretty average Yeah, last night. He He was pretty average. Was it last night? No, no night Monday, before. Monday night, sorry. No, night before, sorry. Uh, Monday night's game. He was pretty average. Um, and he got caught in possession for the first goal. He generally just didn't look himself, which is a shame because he's been brilliant since he's come back uh, from injury. 
Although, let's be fair, you know, if I'm going to give the guy a bit of credit, he has come back off a long injury layoff. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to take him time. He can't rip up trees every week as much as I'd love him to. Um. So, yeah, we'll, I guess we'll see how that goes. Palace are just in holiday mode, I think. Palace, yeah. they know they're safe. They're not going to go down. They're not going to do anything else. So I think they're, they're in cruise control now, really, which is a bit of a shame, actually, because I think... Hodgson's going to find out a lot about his players that he's got at the moment by how they're playing right now. I think Palace's biggest problem is they need a striker. They do. I, th- I think Benteke's got his uses, but if we're talking about pure goal scoring, they need to get someone else to play with Jordan Ayer yeah. because I think him and him and Zaha are the players that they rely on the most, and Zaha's probably not going to be there next season. So. Um, yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, I think Palace they probably need a result really, just to kind of just to kind of go into the off season with a bit of hope. Do you know what I mean? Because they they've been pretty poor and pretty average since they've come back. After you know, after playing well in recent months, because I don't think they've scored that many goals either of the Palace. No, season. they haven't. They're one of the lowest. Oh my, they're one of the lowest scoring teams in the league. Um. So, you know, I think that speaks volumes, really. Um, I'd like to think that Crystal Palace would give us a game, though. Um, so I guess we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, moving on to the next game, Southampton-Brighton. little bit, kind of a local derby, this one. Not that far away from each other geographically. I did think this. I didn't, I didn't know if it was um, a derby. It's not. It, I th- Brighton is obviously right on the coast. Sorry, we're, we're delving into a geography lesson right now. Um, Brighton is a bit further down the coast, but Southampton's not far off. I, I did think I, I didn't know if it was a derby or not. Because it's a South little. It's, it's kind of a local derby, really. They're not that far away from one another. Adam's gone a two 0 Southampton home win. You've gone a two one home win for Southampton, and I've yeah. gone a two one win as well. Discussed Southampton made Danny Danny Ings has just been their standout player of the season. He has. Yeah, and, uh, I, I, think. I think he'll score. I think he'll score twice tomorrow. I believe. I think um, I definitely think that Southampton have got enough to beat Brighton. I don't think Brighton are as bad as people make out. I no. think they're an half decent team. They've changed the way that they play under Graham Potter, and I actually think he's done a half decent job. Really, I like him. I yeah, like I, him I do. Well. I like the way that he sticks to his principles. He'll get his team to play the same way. Look, some of the best managers won't change their philosophy. They won't no. change the way that they want to set the team up. And you've got to applaud him for that, Sam. You've got to applaud Graham Potter for having the balls to stand there, take criticism after getting a thumping, and say, no, we're not changing. This is the way that I want us to play. It takes balls. It's like Neil Warnock saying, no, the line's there and we stay there. Mm. We don't move. It's, you know, it's kind of the same thing, really. Um, because, I mean, it goes without saying that if you... If you do things that much, it's in repetition, isn't it? If you drill it into your players that much, they will get it eventually. Um, whether they're good enough to do it is a different debate, I guess. I do think that they're, um, I do think that they're due uh, a big result, though, Brighton, because they've took a few tonkins recently. They have, especially against the likes of Man United, Liverpool, and City. That I mean, yeah, free. I mean the City game was a bit, was a poor one, really, because they didn't really lay a glove on Manchester City as good as they were. Um, so yeah, I, I guess um, with Southampton because they're in good form and Hassan who has gotten playing some really good stuff as well. I'll be interested to see how they get on tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I think 
next year will tell a lot for Southampton. If they can keep the same squad, I think they'll be all right next year. I think they'll be mid-table upwards. Yeah, especially if they can keep Danny Ings as well. well yeah, that's what I mean. Keep the squad together, really, because they need to keep what they've got now and add to it. Yeah. But they have got money. They have got money oh, to yeah. do it. So, you know, um, I know they run on a pretty tight ship, Southampton, and they run well as a football club from what I can gather. And, you know, different bits of info that I've picked up. So, um, yeah, I guess Southampton are on the up. Yeah. Um, the last one we're going to cover on the predictor Friday night's game West Ham United versus Watford FC Adam's gone for a 1-1 draw you said a 1-1 draw and I said a 2-1 West Ham win discuss it's uh, it's a derby it's two teams fighting for relegation this could go either way this game I mean we we I don't want to go on to Newcastle's game against Watford but um, yeah I think Watford are going to be the strongest team, I think. I think they're going to be a lot stronger than West Ham. Um, but you never know. We've uh, we had some shocking results at the weekend. In saying so. that, though, you've gone for a one-one draw. I have, and I agree with what you say. But I just think I don't know. I don't know, mate. Because this game could go either way. But it's like the other game. The um, what was the other game that was said? It's two teams fighting for relegation. They both need the three points. I can't remember who it was, but either way, this is two teams fine for relegation. This is the two teams that need points. Mm. Yeah, they do need points. I think um, I've gone for a West Ham win just based on the two games that they've absolutely had to win. They got a draw at Newcastle. They had to win. Nobody, nobody gave them a chance against Chelsea at home. The no. win three two. Norwich game is a little bit different, but they still needed to win it. They win 4-0. David Moyes is, is a better manager than people give him credit for. And what he will do with West Ham, if he gets time with them next season, is um, he'll, he will get them organised. And he will, he will get them playing properly. I think West Ham are going to be a lot better keeping him in charge and giving him a bit of money to spend because they need to stay in the Premier League. They can't afford... West Ham as a football club, never mind just, you know, as a, a throwaway saying, they can't afford to go down. No. Because they will lose a monstrous amount of money. And especially with a new stadium as well that they've got. I mean, look, they'll be get, if they went down to the Championship, they'd be getting 50,000, 60,000 people every week. You reckon? Yeah, oh, 100%, mate. People love West Ham Football Club. If you're from East London, there's a chance you're going to support West Ham. Um, and I just think that they're a huge, huge football club. I don't think people realise just how big they actually are. Um, I mean, if you look back, it's one of the greatest moments in our country's history is winning the World Cup in 66. Two of the players that won the World Cup played for West Ham. Bobby Moore Bobby and Moore Jeff Hurst. Yeah. You know, and, two, and, and probably more if I actually... You know, looked into it a bit further, but at least two members of that start, you know, of the of the team that beat West Germany, was play, playing for West Ham. You know, and they've had players like Trevor Brooking. If you're looking a bit further back, you know, these kind of players they don't join West Ham for the sake of it. It's because if you're an East London lad, you usually support West Ham. And I think that because they're a, they are a bigger football club than people give them credit for, they can't afford to go down. I think Watford are actually an half-decent team, and I think they've just underachieved this season. I think Pearson's done a good job with them, though. From where they was when he took over, they look dead and buried to me. Um, I can't see... I can't see a Watford win, but I can see them giving West Ham a game. 
Um, I think West Ham need to win, though, because if they win, that pretty much ensures that they're safe. Yeah. Barring some very bad results in the last two games, that pretty much guarantees their safety if they get a good result on Friday night. Um, Watford also need to secure the safety, so I'm really interested to see how that one's going to go. I can't. I think it'll be a tight game. Yeah, I said, I said this to you, mate. It's going to be a tight game. I can't see them being gung ho football, and I can't. There's, yeah, I just can't see a lot of attacking football. I can't. It'll be quite cagey. I think. Yeah. Because 100%. both teams need a result. They do, mate. So that rounds off the predictor up until Friday evening. Is there anything you've seen? Is there anything you'd like to discuss? Anything that's popped up in the news about foot, the general footballing world? Any stories you'd like to uh, discuss? Not that I know of, mate. No, not really. I mean, it's not a long podcast tonight, guys. Um, we've just we've had uh, time to think. Just stuff. quickly, before we do wrap it up, I just want to quickly discuss the City transfer. Uh, not the transfer, but the European ban being overturned. What just quickly? What do you make of that? Before we wrap it up, I just want to know your thoughts on it. What do you actually think about what's gone on? At the end of the day, mate, money's there to be spent. Spend it. I've always said. I've said this from the start. If, if a club's got money to spend, spend it. I don't see what the problem is. It's the same. If Newcastle's takeover happens and we spend money, why is the money? Why? Why is an owner? Oh, sorry. Why are the Premier League letting a an owner like that that rich? Let them in the Premier League if they know they're going to spend loads of money. I I, I don't get it, mate. I really don't. I don't, right, the, I don't the, get what the problem is with clubs spending so much money. Yeah, but the, 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 I think the right. There's two reasons from from what I know. There's two reasons why they brought in financial fair play. One is to make it a bit more of an even playing field for your teams. Just as, and I don't mean any disrespect to them, but teams like Brighton, Bournemouth. Um, you know, team at the bow at the lower end of the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Right. Norwich. Norwich being another one. You know, another good example. Right. So number one, it was designed to make it a bit more of an even playing field. You've got teams at the top of the Premier League that could quite comfortably spend two, three hundred million pounds in a summer and it wouldn't even scratch the surface of the bank account. No. Right? Now you compare that to the bottom end of the Premier League. I do think that although a club should be allowed to spend money, there's got to be a cap on the amount of money that's being spent. Just because of the sheer ridiculous size of the wages and the, and the transfer fees that are being paid. And I'll give you an example. Kylian Mbappe from Monaco to PSG. That transfer fee is scandalous. Not, not one person on the planet should be worth that amount of money. And I'm not going to get into this age-old argument about, oh, I'm kicking a bag of wind about, so I shouldn't be earning that much money a week. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But no. nobody on the planet should be worth that amount of money. That's just scandalous. It's almost... Well, it is. It's crazy. It's not even borderline crazy. It is crazy. Um, and reason number two is because now, as you know, Leeds' owners have to do it. Newcastle's owners will have to do it on the pending takeover. Yeah. A fit and proper owners test, right? We've seen too many football clubs in the last five to ten years go out of business because of owners, and, and and clubs that nearly went out of business as well because of owners that can't back up what they're saying and the finances that they can't prove that they've got. I'll give you the prime example: Portsmouth. Portsmouth was. You can't see me on the podcast. I've got two fingers together to show just how close they was to going out of business. Yep. If it wasn't for a supporters fund being set up. 
Portsmouth would have been dead and gone. Wouldn't be a club. Dead football club. They'd have to come back in the, in the bo- very bottom tier of English football, which is like the 10th tier, which is basically just above Sunday League. Yeah. They'd have to start all the way again because of one owner. Owner, I'm not going to say his name because I loved Portsmouth. I loved the story and now they got to the Premier League. The guy that came in said he had a lot of money and didn't. Right now, this is the this is the kind of reason why they brought in the fit and proper owners test because of people like that who say they've got a lot of money and when it came to the crunch they had nothing. He couldn't even bail out the football club. He was in well over his head. He put them in hundreds of millions of pounds worth of debt. That for me is exactly why financial fair play should exist over all the other reasons that you could give me. That is the reason it should exist to stop things like that from happening. Because teams can only spend... Because don't forget, it's not a salary cap that's the same for every football club. Because every football club earns a different amount of money and has different sources of income. Mm. You can't compare what Manchester City could spend and what Brighton and Ove Albion could spend. It's, it's incomparable because it's different size of football clubs. They, they have a different income. The, the, the wage bill isn't as high for Brighton, for starters. They can't afford to pay the sort of wages and the transfer fees that Manchester City could pay. That's not their fault, and it's not Manchester City's fault either. But it's to stop clubs going to the wall, mate. And this is why it's been brought in, and I agree with it. I do think it should exist, because, we honestly, if teams were being overambitious, the FFP makes you live within your means. It's only the same for a random person in the street that wanted to go in a shop and buy a £1,000 handbag, right? Yeah. If you ain't got the money, you can't spend it. It's like these loans and stuff. It's exactly the same thing. If you ain't got the money, don't pay for it. And it's the same with football clubs. The thing is, I may say, have got the money. Yeah, they City have. have but, got the yeah, money. but they have. But then that ties into my first point, which is making it an even playing field. You've got to make it a bit more even. You can't have clubs in the Premier League spending three, four hundred million pound, and then, for example, like a Norwich City, and that was their choice, but spending eight million pound. And you have to, they won't be able to spend a lot more than that either because they just don't make that kind of money. They don't make the same money that Manchester City will. Now, that's not... I'm not picking... I'm not no. digging out Manchester City for that. That's not their fault. But at the same time, you can't have... It's just... It is it's so uneven. Yeah. It's I, got to even itself out somehow. The thing... It, it is tough, mate, because I can't agree with you. I can't. I, if there's money there to be spent, it's got to be... It, if there's money to spend and there's money to be improved in the team, spend it. If you have got money to spend on a on a world class defender, spend it. I I I don't get what what is wrong with spending two hundred million pounds on a centre half if you know he's going to be good. Yeah, but do you not think that that's exactly the reason why the game is in such a state with money because of things like that? Yes, but why? But. It goes back to my other question: Why are the FA letting owners like that into the Premier League? If you know, same as the Newcastle, this new ownership that Newcastle could possibly have in, if they know they're worth twenty-five million or whatever they're worth, then keep, why are they going to keep going into well, the twenty-five billions. billion or whatever it is? Then why are they going to be letting them into the Premier League if they know that's how much they've got? They're obviously going to give Newcastle three hundred million. Yeah, but they, yeah, but the, month, yeah, but this like, is the yeah, point. Sorry. Yeah, but this is the point. What the FA are trying to say: it doesn't matter how much money you've got. You can only spend according to what your club's worth and how much money you have, personal wealth yeah. or investment in the club. That's the main thing here we're talking about: is investment in the football club. 
It doesn't matter how much money you've got. You can have 25 trillion in your bank account. You can only spend a certain amount. Surely that's fair. Surely that, that, it doesn't matter how much money you've got. It's about how much you can live within your means. And yeah, right. all right, Newcastle will be a very rich football club when the guys take over. If, if they take over. If they take over. But it's got to be sort of even, mate. You can't have teams spending five, six hundred million pounds or whatever it is and then have the team at the bottom. How is that fair? Do you know what I mean? It's nobody's fault. You know, I'll, I'll use City again as an example. It was the Abu Dhabi group's choice to buy the football club. That's nobody else's fault. It's not Manchester City's. They just picked them out and said, right, we want to go in for this yeah. football. We want to redevelop the area. We want new youth teams. We want the training ground improved. We want the scouting improved. We want Premier League titles, which is what they've got, right? That's fair enough. Now, I understand to a certain extent where you're coming from. But I do think there's got to be a little bit of realism here and think, well, you can't have teams spending a crazy amount of money and then having Norwich City spending £8 million because it, it, it's not an even playing field, mate. You're not playing with this... You, you ain't singing off the same hymn sheet. I always think there's going to be a problem. As long as there's money like that in football, there will always be an issue. Yeah. Because you'll always get the smaller team saying, how are we supposed to compete with this when they're spending £200 million on one player? And then... You've got the big clubs on the other hand saying, well, how is it our fault that they don't make much money? It's not our fault that where we come from and that the fact that owners wanted to buy us. That's fair enough. That's a fair point. So there is arguments on both sides. I just think there's got to be FFP because you'll have teams spending a crazy amount of money. You know, it's got to be sort of fair, mate. You can't just... Like um, Sunday League, another example. We play in Division 2, Gainsborough Sunday League, right? Now, how fair would it be... If Friendship FC from the top division, who've won the league every year for the last four or five years, how fair would it be if Friendship dropped down into our league with players that have played semi-pro and that still do play semi-professional on a Saturday? How is that fair? How is that fair to the rest of the teams in the league when they're getting paid to play football, albeit 30 quid a game, or what, 30, 40 pound a game? How is that fair on us? Because we can't compete at that sort of level and it's literally just no, trophy hunting. I, I, know, I know what you're saying, mate. It's I the do. same principle. I know, I know what you're saying, but like, like, I've, always, I've, like I've said, mate, I, I can't agree with you because I think, if, like I said, if there's money there to be spent, spend it. And that's, that's my honest opinion. I've, I've said it from day one. Since this ban happened with City, I said, I, I don't get why Man City getting a ban. It was the same as the Chelsea ban. I don't understand why Chelsea got a ban as well because at the end of the day, money's there to be spent. It is and if you've got the money there and I always say to you you can never take money to your graveyard so why can you not spend it I've always said it mate yeah but do you I not think it's a it. little bit different Sam do you not think it's a little bit different with your personal wealth as to what opposing you are essentially investing into a business and you know look I get it I get it from both sides because you've got people that are investing their own personal wealth into a football club People don't invest in it just because they love football. They invest in it because they think it's going to make them an absolute yeah. shit ton of money. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is part of my problem. I don't blame either football club for it, though. I don't no, I blame don't. them because, you know, it's not their fault. No. But it's got to be fair, mate. It's got There's got to be a certain amount of equality in it because otherwise it'll just get ridiculous. You'll have City spending two, three hundred million, Chelsea spending four hundred million. Liverpool spending 150 million on three players. You'll have United spending crazy money. And Newcastle will spend a trillion on a full team. And it's um, maybe Newcastle in the future, yeah. as you say. 
it just creates a very unlevel, uneven and unfair yeah. playing field. But then again, I you know, I understand both sides. Um the argument is still there. I'd love to get people's comments on this, guys. If you want to comment in the comment section, um, if you want to interact with us on social media and get your opinions in, because this is something I'm really interested in, this um, this whole debate about uh, the FFP ruling and how much, teams money, uh, how much money teams should be allowed to spend, I'm really interested to get your thoughts on this. Me and Sam have just had a, a good debate, uh, some good points in there. So please feel free to uh, comment. Yeah, and leave get your opinion in. Yeah, leave them on the Facebook page. I'll leave a link down in the description below for the Facebook page. Yeah, the episode will be going onto YouTube. So if you want to interact and comment, like, subscribe on there, it will be going out onto YouTube. Um, we're also now on Spotify. We are. We are. We just need to get that set up, and we we. The account is set up. Yeah. It's just a matter of publishing the episodes now. We've got them all backlogged. We've got them all saved. We just need to uh, just kind of there. upload them and get the content streaming streaming on Spotify. It will also be on other platforms, which are yeah. yet to be announced. Yeah, um, we need to just well, we've said from people's comments, would everyone want to stay on YouTube or Spotify? Um, leave that in the comment section below as well. We we want to hear your feedback on this because I've had a lot of people asking me how come it's not on Spotify and stuff. We will also. But, I think the the idea is to keep both going. Um, yeah. We will be doing video casts at some point, um, which will be in the near future. Very um, near future. Very near future. <laughs> very near future. We uh, we we're setting some good plans in place, guys. Yeah. We've got good stuff going down. We've got Adam joining the team, as we mentioned in the last podcast as well. Yeah, it's a privilege. Yeah, we've got. Yeah, it's a privilege to have him on. He's a good lad. Uh, he's one of my good friends. We've. Yeah. Uh, he's also got a very valuable opinion on all things football and all things sport related. So, yeah. with that being said, we're going to look forward to the future and the very near future, and we're going to get some good content keep rolling just one more thing before we finish um, obviously it broke out a few days ago about Wigan Athletic um, going into um, a liquidation as well well you, going into administration do you agree with that um, it's a bit of a bizarre situation to and be do you also honest, think really. that this Covid ruined that club it has there's, there's no doubt about it Covid-19 coronavirus whichever way you want to word it this pandemic and i say that in inverted commas for the people that follow my social media will know exactly what i'm talking about yep um very bizarre situation with wigan athletic i think they can count themselves really unlucky this is also my real bugbear with how the premier league operates and how it should share its wealth out for clubs like wigan athletic Anybody that's been following the story, it's a very bizarre story. A guy comes into the football club and within two days he's placed it in administration. Now, what he's done that for, I don't know. If it's to say, if it's genuinely to save it, but the problem is now that Wigan face a 10-15 point deduction for going into administration. They could go down now after them being nowhere near the relegation zone. I think... I think if they I, won 8-0 last yeah, night. If I remember rightly, I'm sure Wigan was the most... Informed team, I believe. I think they was. I think they won. If I remember rightly, I'm sure they won about ten games in a row before this lockdown happened. I might be wrong, but I'm sure. And they have got a great team there. They've got a very young team. They have. They've got a young side. And and do you know what? More importantly, and I'm going to stick up for him here because he's took a lot of pelters over the last couple of seasons. Paul Cook 
brilliant manager. Yeah. The guy is infectious. He's a good manager. He loves his football. Very passionate. He loves Wigan Athletic. Yeah. You know, after not, uh, uh, as far as I'm led to believe, he didn't play for Wigan, but he's got a deep affiliation now and a deep love for the football club. You've got to admire him for that. And he's and when you listen to him, he's so enthusiastic. He loves football. He loves everything. He's very acute tactically as well. And he gets the best out of what he's got. Wigan, in the second half of the season, have been brilliant. Yeah. But they now could go down a result of this. when They're not even anywhere near the relegation zone. But because of the possible points deduction, whether it be, t- I think it's 15, if it's 15 points, they'll go down. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah. And that's very sad to say where they... I mean, can you imagine? You, you win 8-0 on a Tuesday night. Yeah. And the yeah. next day, or the day after, you could be, you're in administration and you could be going in the relegation zone after winning 8-0 and being nowhere near it. It's mad, mate. It's mad. It's, it's a mad, mad situation. It's the same as Bolton Wanderers, mate. They're now, I remember when Bolton had J.J. Okocha and that playing in the Premier League. Yuri Jokaev, J.J. Okocha, Kevin playing, Nolan. They are now playing in League 2. That speaks volumes of that club. That is a little bit different, a little bit different situation. Same principle, I get it, but Wig uh, Bolton have just fallen as a result of bad owners. Yeah. Bad owners that wasn't looking after the club's interest. Yeah. Phil Gartside, bless his soul, would have given everything for that football club. And look, people had different you know, people had different opinions on him as a guy, but what he did care about was Bolton Football Club and obviously when Sam Allardyce was in charge, they got into the UEFA Cup as it was back then. I remember watching them at home to Sevilla when Danny Alves was playing for Sevilla. Yeah. I remember them playing at the Reebok on a Thursday night in the UEFA Cup. And you look at where the football club's fallen to now, but this is what could happen to Wigan, and I feel very sorry for them. Because I love Wigan. As a football club, I think they're brilliant. I love Wigan. I don't know why. There's something about them that I just tech to them. I, I don't, you don't watch rugby, but I watch rugby. Well, I do watch rugby league, but... I, there was rumours of Wigan Warriors owner coming in to buy him out if it happens fair play to the guy yeah but fair I, play I, but I, does he have that much money though uh, yes he does he's a, very, he's a very wealthy man mate he's a very you know he's got a bit of money but fair play to him if it happens um, sorry I'm just watching Newcastle um, it's fine <laughs> being distracted um, easily yeah. when we have a podcast today, sorry you know. um, but no back up to the Wigan situation if it happens, mate, if the, if he buys him out, fair enough, fair play to him. But I don't know what's going to happen with that club. I just hope they don't go down as a no. result of going into administration because they don't deserve to go down. And this is the this is my point, I guess, that I'm kind of getting at, is that Wigan do not deserve to go down. They've been more than good enough this season to stay up. Yeah, 100%. And that's what saddens me, yeah. is that that's, that might happen as a result of... And it's not really their fault either. I mean, I remember when Wigan won the FA Cup, mate. I do. Ben Watson, Edda, Manchester City at Wembley. I remember it very well. Um, I'll be honest, I'd be the first one to admit that uh, I jumped up and down when Wigan scored. (laughs) Um, Just because I don't think anybody saw it coming, did they? It was just a fair, it was an underdog story and everybody loved, let's be honest, everybody loves an underdog story. Yeah, yeah, I guess we're going to have to keep our ear to the ground on that one and just see what happens with Wigan. But I will go on record saying if there is any Wigan fans out there, I do feel very sorry for you, and I do hope you don't go down as a result of this. I hope they're not going down. I really do. Um, so, yeah. Have you anything else to add, mate? No, no. Now we've uh, spoke me. about a few topics. Yeah. As um, This podcast has been brought to you by, or in sponsorship, by sixmedia.co.uk. 
Uh, our good mate of the podcast, Gareth Morgan's own business, designed at looking at advertising and uh, personal banners for your business and to look at all your business needs. We will leave a link in the description below. Um, and if you ain't got anything else to add, mate, we'll wrap it up. No, um, just again, massive thank yous for all the support that we've had over the past few podcasts. Um, the last podcast blew up with the Liverpool one. It did. We've had very good feedback on that one. Yeah, we've had good feedback. And me and Sam and Adam now, of course, with him yeah. being part of the team, we're now the troublesome trio <laughs> instead of the dirty duo. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're the troublesome trio. We do appreciate it. We love bringing the we love talking about football. We love bringing the content to you guys, as we mentioned before on various pods. Um, yeah, and we're going to continue to do it because it's what we love doing. And before anyone asks, no, we're not changing the name. I've had people. No, me asking we're not changing, changing it. it. Far we're too not much. changing. It's no. too much pissing about. Yeah, we're definitely. not changing it. Adam said we'll stick with the Irish Weekly. That's all it's going from, and that's what we're sticking with. Yeah. So to anyone that is listening, no, we are not changing. Definitively, no. We've got a banner that we've sorted. We've got a logo that we've sorted, and that is what we are staying with. So no, we are not changing to the RAS. And once again, we are not and not the Ass Weekly. No, either. we're not the Ass Weekly, but we are the RS Weekly. Yeah. Simple as. It's not becoming the RSA. Or not becoming the arse yeah. weekly, which was what Gareth Morgan ever so eloquently put on one of the comments on social media. So thanks yeah. for that, mate. Yeah, cheers, mate. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't got anything else to add, mate, we'll no, wrap it up. It. We wrap it up, mate. Thank you very much, guys. I hope you stay safe and best of luck to all of you. Oh, another quick thing before we quickly go. Really? You could the, have done this before. Sorry, I just remembered. The quiz returns tomorrow. Yes, the quiz does return. Me and Sam, I've got a feeling, are going to feel a very sharp um, object. I'm not looking forward to it. No, I'm not either. It's me versus you, and this is going to be very intense. Because Adam's I know re- for a fact Adam will have some good questions. Adam's going to call out the questions, and me and Sam are going to... Well, I've got to say, we're going to answer. We're going to attempt to answer... Um, so yeah we'll see how that quiz goes the quiz will be a regular thing guys um, you know obviously we've enjoyed doing the quizzes before we have had a little bit of time off from them as we've been concentrating on other things here and there yeah. but it is returning tomorrow yeah. so please feel free to interact with yeah, that as well yeah please do guys please get your get your um, answers in, in the comment section down below um, and yeah I think that's it now from, from me now mate sorry yeah. I just had to get it out just, it's just come back in the end that's fine so that's all from Samuel and it's all from me Reese. Yeah. Good night. Thank you very much.